there might be a process back and forth of which shots are going to go into the next trailer okay. uh, based on our post-production schedule and what visual effects can finish. Right. So certain shots are trailer shots. Okay. So they may not be actually in the movie. That's so cool. So that happens <laughs> quite like often. learning so much. Welcome to Media in the Mix, the only podcast produced and hosted by the School of Communication at American University. Join us as we create a safe space to explore topics and communication at the intersection of social justice, tech, innovation, and pop culture. Today, we welcome Anitra Edwards, SOC alum, special effects expert, just everything video editing and more. So Anitra, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. No problem. I'm glad to be here and it's a pleasure to be with you all today. Of course. Thank you. So we're going to get right into it. First of all, can you tell our audience um, what year you graduated and what degree that you graduated with? I graduated American University in 2015 with my Master of Fine Arts in Film and Electronic Media. Awesome. And fun fact, I think we were in the same graduation ceremony because I graduated undergrad 2015 SSC. So that's pretty cool. Um, just actually a quick uh, quick follow-up to that. How does it feel being back on campus? Have things changed? Is it really cool to see how SOC is kind of uh, upgraded in the last few years? Uh, yeah, it's really fun to be here and to be post, well, we're still kind of in the pandemic. We're just not in the global emergency portion of it, but it's good to see that the school is back into a, a routine of students mm -hmm. being on campus and just to see the buildings and what's changed in them. There's been little tweaks here and there that I noticed that were different yeah. while I was here, but I'm glad to see a lot of the different upgrades the school um, yeah. has taken care of. It's been very cool. And actually this year is our first in person everything really so like our graduation ceremony it was the first in person back since the pandemic so it is good to see kind of the students getting back out there it was nice to see as a staff member um but anyway let's get right into it so i want to ask you the important question first which is was there like a specific program or class or professor you had that you felt like set you up for where you're going to be um how do you feel like soc got you to where you are today uh, well, I like the variety of programs that existed at SOC um, at AU, and that's why I came here as a student, because of the variety mm -hmm. of what I would get in a filmmaking program. I was able to do a lot of different positions. I was going to get a holistic style of a film program where I would be producer, director, gaffer, editor, uh, you know, multimedia, not just um scripted uh, short films or things like that. So I like that it was such a well-rounded program, so that's why I chose it as a student. And also, I really enjoyed some of the bare bones, boot camp style classes I took in my editing software. And I use that software today, which is Avid Media Composer. And so I did a lot of my short films mm -hmm. using Avid, and also like my final thesis uh, film, I used Avid on that just because I knew where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. I needed to really have a grip on that software. And just so we can clarify a little bit for anyone listening. So you're working out in L.A. now and is Avid a huge editing software that is used out there? Is it, you know, beneficial to know that if you're planning to go edit out in L.A.? Yes, Avid is still a big player, definitely mm -hmm. in big feature films. Uh, but you can also, to me, be well-rounded in a lot of variety of programs. Mm -hmm. That's totally normal as well. There are a lot of people who are more well-versed in Premiere, mm -hmm. who might be more DaVinci Resolve. There are tons of post-production roles that will use the variety of programs. Okay. Avid is used primarily in the cutting room for the okay. uh, initial portions of editing. 
Okay. So it's a big program uh, to be aware of. And you kind of make yourself a bit versatile to Mm -hmm. know that program because tons of studios and content use it. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't, um, aware that there were that many softwares until I went and did some work in New York and they were like we use DaVinci and I was like oh so it is kind of beneficial to just make yourself aware of the other softwares know how to use it know a little bit a bit about it and then a follow-up question to that did you do any experiential learning programs while you were here at AU? Yes, I did uh, several programs. So while I was here, I did the Prague program, which we go to the Film and uh, Television Academy Mm -hmm. of the Czech Republic in Prague. And so I did that program, uh, which AU participates in uh, through an international education program. I also did the uh, experimental learning program that took us to Alaska. So that was through the Center for Environmental Filmmaking. Mm -hmm. So I did that program, which you go for uh, about two weeks maybe a little over um and you are in at the time we were in Seward Alaska and that was a really cool program to do and to learn how to film in the wild essentially right and I think that's called classroom in the wild correct yes that's it awesome and in terms of the studying abroad in Prague did you feel like you know studying abroad in a different country meeting new people learning about a new culture do you feel like that kind of elevated your film knowledge in general yeah I really enjoyed that style of learning it was more of an observatory style of school so you were kind of what they say eat breathe and Mm -hmm. live in film and it was really great to have professors that were you're not necessarily getting the American Hollywood style right. of filmmaking. You were actually able to, to try different styles. That's and cool. yeah. while I was there, I took some of my animation courses. So oh, you got to learn about other styles of animation that maybe I wasn't necessarily going to get over here. Okay. So it was really interesting to do that. Awesome. Did you always know it was going to be editing? Like when you came to get your master's where you're like, I'm doing this because I know I want to be an editor. Or did you kind of have like a little bit of a, a different path? I think I always knew editing, but I came to just keep my mind open as well. Um, Prior to coming to AU, I was already working in the field. I was working in news. And so I was a promotions producer and editor. Mm -hmm. And that really gave me great experience into what it was in terms of a consistent editing job. Yeah. Where I was, um, at the time, I was writing copy for news promos, but also editing our TV spots that were like 15 to 30 seconds. Okay. And so it really was a, yeah, a great experience Mm -hmm. there, but I knew that news wasn't necessarily the only genre I wanted to be in. And so I used AU as a springboard to try other Mm -hmm. um, genres, other areas of film and media so that I could get an idea of what I wanted to do. But editing really did draw me. That's awesome. And then um, a follow up to that. So can you just for anyone who maybe wants to work in one or the other, can you give us like your best type of summary on kind of the difference you'd feel as an editor working in a newsroom versus, you know, feature film or blockbusters or that kind of like long term project? Yeah, definitely. So the the cutting room in a newsroom is a bit different. And being a a producer editor, that's usually like a combination role that happens quite often in Mm -hmm. news where you're kind of a multi hyphenate. And you might be a producer, um, also editing your own spots, and you're also writing copy as mm-hmm. well within news. You might also be having some coordinator tasks as well. 
um, producing some shoots. There are times where I even shot a couple things that wow. I would then cut. Fun. So yes, yeah, so yeah. you have a, a lot of different um, a lot of different tasks associated mm -hmm. with what your role might be in news versus if you take going into feature films, especially big feature with large studios, a lot of the positions are segmented. Right. So there's a specific position for each thing, each task. Mm -hmm. um, so you have a lot of, you can have multiple assistants in that role. So in feature films, in addition to the editor, there might be a first and second assistant editor. Okay. So you have several of those. And for me as well in visual effects, as a visual effects, editor I might have a supervising visual effects editor mm -hmm. I might have an assistant visual effects editor gotcha. so there's several like different roles within that okay much more segmented so um, not to say that news uh, can't prepare you for that obviously mm -hmm. I went from news and right. have, am now where I am um, but it gives you a, a good sense I think in news the fast pace um, cutting room that you mm -hmm. might have there you're definitely moving very quickly that's awesome and uh, so basically a lot of overlapping skills that you could use for sure okay I love that um, and then let's get more into um, you know visual effects and kind of the editing world is there I guess any misconceptions first and foremost about visual effects and kind of just the editing world any any of them you want to squash maybe <laughs> Well, visual effects is very layered. Um, there's lots of positions in it, and mm -hmm. there's lots of different types and programs uh, for what you may be doing with that. So that gives a testament to a lot of the, the scrolling credits that people will see where there's hundreds of names in right. these bigger films. That's because there are like a lot of different roles. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I, when I describe my position as a visual effects editor, I always say that I'm on the production side, okay. which means I'm directly associated with the film or TV show. Okay. A lot of times for visual effects, we actually farm out the work to visual effects studios. Okay. So those are going to be your big companies like ILM, which is Industrial Light yep. and Magic. You have Weta FX, which is based in New Zealand. So you have uh, um, those larger visual effects studios mm -hmm. that will have a set of positions on their end. Okay. So that's kind of a big difference that people may not see all the time. Mm -hmm. So I work with the entire film or the entire TV series as a whole. Okay. So I deal with all the shots that come and go that get mm -hmm. cut into the movie or get cut into the TV show and make sure they line up okay. and make sure that they are what I actually sent the artists from the visual effects company, make mm -hmm. sure they match. And then any of the updates that happen along the way, I have to make sure there's continuity between okay. them. So there's a lot of um, overallness that I do as a visual effects editor yeah. on that end. And so I think some of the misconceptions that people may have is understanding the difference between an artist and an editor in mm -hmm. visual effects. An artist is gonna be specific to that shot that I gave them. They may not see the entire scene. Gotcha. They may only see like a series of shots, mm -hmm. uh, whatever I need them to see. Okay. You know, so an artist is gonna dive deep into the whole of programs gotcha. for visual effects. You mm -hmm. might have Nuke Studio, which is a program they'll use, uh, Houdini, you'll see Unreal Engine, yep. those software yeah. programs. So yeah. that's a lot of what an artist is gonna do and mm -hmm. an artist can get very specific. They have definitely different um, departments for compositing. Okay. That are going to be much more specific than I am as a visual effects editor. Okay. So that's uh probably like 
you know, there's, there you go even deeper, but that's mm-hmm. like a big kind of icing on the top of what yeah. uh, the misconceptions or differences are. That actually made it more clear for me, I think, because <laughs> I, you just made the the credits that I see make sense. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you kind of do always see those like collaboration with sometimes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder where those people are stationed. Are they outsourced? Are they people that you may work with in different countries? So that's very interesting to hear, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really cool. And then um, follow up question. Is there, you know, Let's say we have a student right now listening or someone who's about to graduate. Um, What's one thing you feel like they need to know prior to going into an editing career? I think as as students who are watching this who are in the D.C. area, that you can apply certain skills already now. Um, Learning how to network. Definitely in the D.C. area, you can apply those same skills if you want to go to Los Angeles Mm -hmm. or another big city outside of D.C., that you can start those skills here. And that's a lot of what I did. I learned how to build my network here in the DC area. Mm -hmm. There are tons of organizations that you can take part in. A big one that I, uh, I recommend to students mm-hmm. is that we have a very active chapter a part of the television academy here in the dc area you okay. have the chesapeake bay chapter mm-hmm. they offer so many programs they offer so many like different opportunities that students take part in that's awesome and au has a lot of partnerships mm-hmm. where uh students have submitted their short films for academy recognition mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh collaboration that happens there so i recommend for students to start their building their network yeah. here you don't have to wait till you get to los angeles mm-hmm. or atlanta or wherever you'd like to land you don't have to wait to get there start learning how to pitch yourself here now i like that and also i guess for if you were to meet someone like anidra if you were to do the la intensive um whether you're still based in dc or planning on moving out to LA I feel like that's a great point because these programs that we do are connecting you to awesome AU alum that are gonna have some cool tips and tricks so (laughs) listen up um on that note how was the LA intensive this year it was really great I think they had an amazing group of students I mean there's always an amazing group I know they're really excited talented talented really uh specific questions they'll ask me and I appreciate that because I want to give you uh, not a shallow answer give Mm -hmm. you as much in depth and be transparent as possible about what the LA experience is especially to come from out of AU whether you move right after you graduate Mm -hmm. or you take a year or two and then move or if you're several you know years out from having been in school and you decide I want to give LA a try and you do the LA intensive yeah Um, I think that There's a lot uh, that can be accomplished for students when they come to L.A. through the program Mm -hmm. to really see themselves there and to give it, you know, give it a shot in terms of thinking about where do I see my future in this industry, in this space. That's awesome. Yeah. Great advice. So on behalf of us, just a huge congratulations for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. You and your visual effects team were nominated for an Oscar. I feel like just kind of have to ask you. How did that feel, you know, just as something to add to your resume, to your career, just that moment? Um, just, yeah, how, how did that feel getting to that, that point? It was really exciting. I think awesome. it well, it's the first production that I've been on that has had multiple Oscar mm-hmm. nominations. And to have our visual effects supervisors, which are the ones who go up and represent us as part of the visual effects team, and, and they would go up and accept the award, mm-hmm. uh, just seeing them 
be nominated because they work so hard and it really is it, it is a team effort in that sense too like the whole visual effects department we put a lot of effort in a lot of long days yeah. a lot of making sure the vision of our director mm-hmm. um, is implemented as well that we're telling a good story and yeah. that visual effects complements the story you know that's going on screen yeah and so it's really exciting to see the whole process and even the the nomination process and what that actually takes because that's a bit layered as well you kind of just don't submit your film right there's actually a process that you go through in terms of getting it to that to that stage as Mm -hmm. well so it was really like a great observation for me as yeah. well and to just be a part of the team and to see, you know, to see it all go down yeah. and then to be watching and rooting, you know, for my team. It was really yeah. fun. And, and just to see your, y- y'all's name up, you know, it's just like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Huge congratulations. That's such a big accomplishment. Um, and then how do you feel like, I want to try to word this in the best way I can, but what do you feel like your role is being a part of the Black Panther team? The obvious is you're a visual effects editor, but what does that mean to you? I mean, a little bit more than that, another layer to add to that. Well, you're definitely that extra set of eyes um, that comes to what the effect is playing in the mm-hmm. shot. But you're also like, we're we're not just asked about how visual effects play in the story. Right. Our director would ask our opinion just in general. How is the scene playing That's out? Awesome. Right. You know, how does it affect us? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes during the early parts of uh, pre-production for certain scenes, I would help cut with uh, pre-visualization okay. and previs shots, which are basically like animated versions of the right. story before we go and shoot it. Right. And so, you know, playing a part in that to say what made sense to me yeah. or what, you know, seemed to uh, to seem to work and see if it makes it further down the line, yeah. you know, in the cutting room. And, and so I really enjoyed uh, our director, Ryan Coogler, really uh, considering everybody having a voice mm-hmm. on the team. So that was really refreshing. And I really That's enjoyed, nice. you know, working with a creative team like that yeah. who does care not just about what your role is, but just as a viewer, like how yeah. does this sit for you? That's awesome. You know, and definitely the woman empowerment that was within the film and, and, you know, being an African-American woman mm-hmm. watching it and being inspired by certain scenes, it was just a really, a really fun film to work on. Yeah, that. I love that. And that kind of answers my follow up question. Um, but that's so cool because, you know, I, I someone was asking me the other day, like, how involved are you in post as a post-production person in the rest of production? Because it does make sense. You do have to understand what's happening in order for you to translate it into, well, this is how the scene then ends up looking. Right. So I'm assuming you do have to be a part of that process, although maybe not heavily like you are in the writer's room or this. But you do have to understand somewhat of how this story is going to play out so that you can take it and then turn it into what it becomes. Correct. Yeah. Stuff like for post-production, we actually run the same time as production. Okay. So when they go, uh, when they start filming, which Wait, for that's us, that's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, fun fact. That's <laughs> so, really cool. Yeah, when you when we start filming, which for us, we started filming in Atlanta. Okay, and post production was right there as well. So <gasps> as certain scenes are are finished filming for that day, okay, that footage or dailies as we mm-hmm. call it is sent to go get That's processed the right okay and then as soon as it's processed it's sent right back to us wow. so our That's editors cool. are cutting uh yeah. consistently as things are being filmed the director wants to come and sit and see how certain right. stuff is being played out right you know so that if he needs to change things or okay. make adjustments which we definitely had happen wow and yeah. so visual effects is a part of post so we're along the ride as well so That's we're awesome. taking those shots we're getting right to work like i said some of the pre-production process yeah. we're involved in because we might be editing previs right or we might 
might be, you know, sending different uh, quick times of those mm-hmm. scenes to different departments so yeah. that they can prepare and know what visual effects has yeah. in mind for how we're going to actually right. achieve this shot yeah. or achieve this scene. So that's kind of how post and production, we kind of run alongside each other. Okay. But obviously production will end. You know, yeah. they do have an expiration date for when they finish filming. Okay. Including reshoots, which do happen yeah. uh, sporadically after main photography. Okay. And so post-production, you know, we're the last department. Yeah. We are the last ride of the roller coaster, essentially. That's awesome. I have a question, very curious. Mm-hmm. Um, not, although not very visual effects heavy, but... How er like how early does a trailer? I don't know if you know the answer to this question. How early does the trailer come out prior to actual post production being completed? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, do yeah. the do the trailer do they take from what you've created, or do you guys all almost kind of work with each other to well, get something out at the same time? Well, we do work with each other. So okay. in my case, for visual effects, we have a marketing coordinator. Okay, and so that oh, wow. uh, so they're, role they're marketing, responsible for yeah. communicating to the okay. marketing team for the studio where we are with certain visual effects shots. Wow. And so what makes sense to go into a trailer? What makes sense to not? Mm. This is too revealing. You know, there's yeah. a whole process that happens. Yeah. And so every studio is different for how that might that might happen. Right. Um, for Marvel Studios, sometimes you have a, a rollout that happens sometimes at Comic-Con mm-hmm. or some other conventions mm-hmm. that you get like a bit of a, a peak. Okay, and so for cool. us, our first trailer dropped at Comic-Con oh, for wow. Wakanda okay, Forever. Okay. So that was when we first showed it. Right. And then you continue down the line for, I guess, I can't remember, quite remember if it's eight months, That's but so cool. sometimes it's an eight yeah. month campaign. Sometimes it's shorter. Yeah. And so you kind of have that uh, kind of that run up to the film oh, around then. Cool. So Marvel Studios will tend to do yeah. that. They'll drop it at conventions or certain things. And will Marvel ever like kind of take the feedback they get from the audience and maybe change something around if it's something they feel like, oh, this wasn't perceived the way we want it. Does that ever change then in post-production? Just curious, like to well, if if you, you know, ever really like play off of that. Well, for... For the trailers themselves, sometimes we already have an idea how the the trailers from the first Mm -hmm. to the second to the third are going to play out. Right. So we might, there might be a process back and forth of which shots are going to go into the next trailer. Okay. Um, based on our post-production schedule and what visual effects can finish. Right. So certain shots are trailer shots. Okay. So they may not be actually in the movie. That's so cool. So that happens quite like I'm often. I'm learning so much. That's <laughs> awesome. That's uh, just questions I'm always curious about, you yeah. know? Yeah. So that, that happens as well. So sometimes there's audience feedback yeah. about whether they liked something, but mm-hmm. we might know that, okay, well, what they saw, it's actually not in the movie. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. or... So it's like, why? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But okay. we do a lot of audience testing as well. Well, mm, that so happens throughout okay, the... That was that also... Okay, cool. So yeah. It's kind of like in the video game verse a little bit. Kind of do that way where like the beta goes out and then it's like, well, how, how do we get that, you know? Yeah. What are we feeling right now? Like, let's gouge the temperature or whatever, you know? Yeah, like audience testing, it happens quite often. Okay. You know, at yeah. Marvel. I actually had my, uh, one of my cousins who was in Los Angeles with me be mm-hmm. part of one of our audience oh, tests. so fun. <laughs> yeah, awesome. and, and sometimes it's that's Disney, cool. uh, yeah. well, a lot of times it's Disney employees that mm-hmm. are part of that, okay. that audience testing. Cool. Um, not all the time, but, you know, a good chunk of the time. Yeah. It's, it's that, or it's other colleagues or professionals. Sometimes uh, you might have creative teams that they want to get children's perspective yeah. or a teen perspective. Okay. So it all depends on the, on the cool. films but That's as awesome. yeah as we finish the cuts of the film we are doing the audience testing along the way right I love that that's great um and then last question for you you know we talk a lot about 
inclusivity and diversity at SOC and everything but you know it's so different once you go out into the world and it just looks different statistically maybe than what you're used to like taking a program so how do you feel like the industry you know as a whole um where is it now in terms of like diversity and inclusivity and you do you feel like there's anything that we can do out there to strengthen that it's getting better but it's really slow okay there's still tons of improvement that have to happen, yeah. especially within the departments that we consider are behind the iron curtain. Okay. There's a lot of positions and roles that are not necessarily going to be in the forefront mm-hmm. when someone says they want to go into film yeah. you know, and TV. So you're seeing maybe on screen mm-hmm. there being a bit of a speedier inclusiveness than you might see behind the camera. Okay. It, it's, it's getting there, but like in my position, quite often I'm the only black woman or the only person. Mm-hmm of color woman Mm -hmm. of color sometimes the only woman on my team for a while so there's still a lot that studios have to do to Mm -hmm. uh, make sure that they're bringing in inclusive crew Mm -hmm. you know they benefit from it not just and we don't want to be tokens like we don't want to be hired just because I'm a woman right I don't want to be hired just because of of that but also I'm going to be hired because I'm qualified for the position yeah and I bring this unique perspective yeah 100% you know so Mm -hmm. there's still there's still a lot of that that's happening and definitely an editorial there's definitely a lot more programs that are helping to spur that okay I will say that I've seen an uptick in that for sure. That's awesome. Especially with the pandemic, there was a lot of accessibility that could happen because Zoom was available right. for a lot more people. Mm-hmm. So producers and executives could actually meet crew without having to run around town right. and go to these events and right. try to meet everyone. They could actually just hop on a Zoom and we introduce ourselves and yeah. it opened you know, their eyes to more people right. and more professionals. Right. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I do agree. Sometimes we see like the long list of names, you know, on screen, but then it's like, but what about the long list of names off screen, <laughs> the mm-hmm. behind the scenes, people that are working, you know, it's, yeah, I, I do agree as a, as a Middle Eastern woman too. I, I just recently started comedy and stand-up mm-hmm. comedy and that's something that's been like, wow, I'm really seeing it. <laughs> so you're, yeah. you know, you're really out there. It's like, okay, a lot less than I thought, but that's great that you're there to represent. It's like, it all starts with those you know, those people. So that's awesome. And a, a question, I'm not going to say last question because I forgot to ask you before. Can you just give us like a little rundown on, you know, maybe what projects are next that you can talk about? Kind of what's, what are some things you're looking forward to? Uh, well, definitely I'm looking forward to the film that I just wrapped on, uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast, uh, which is under Paramount Pictures and it will release June 9th. Uh, depending when students see this, you may oh, see yeah. it. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you'll probably see this episode after it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the weekend of June 9th, That's it awesome. premieres uh, domestically. So I'm really excited uh, to have that out the door. And that was a really fun production to work on I'm just sure. because of do- working with alien you know, robots and, and yeah. the Transformers franchise. And we're the, the seventh movie technically in the franchise, but... Um, we definitely took a different spin with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed our director, Stephen Capel Jr. He's just awesome. awesome to work with. So I really had fun with that production. Yeah. And then I will likely return onto my next production in the okay. fall. Uh, so it will be, it could be a number of studios. I've been in talks with a couple okay. of them. Exciting. So, yeah. Fingers crossed. That's Thank great. You. That's awesome. So much exciting stuff. Please <laughs> keep us posted. We'll definitely make sure to keep up. Uh, with you as well um, but Anitra thank you so much for being here oh, I really appreciate it and we've had so much fun talking to you and hopefully we can do a part two soon 
Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. If anyone would like to listen to our other episodes of Media in the Mix, you can find us on Spotify as a video podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or really wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to donate to the School of Communication, go to giving.american.edu. Thanks so much.